You are locked into Locked On Badgers. Asher Lowe, Ben Kenny with you. And this is the show that brings you all things Wisconsin football and basketball with episodes all week long talking right now, Wisconsin football in 2021, why they will bounce back, why it'll be a big turnaround. And my guy, Ben Kenny over at BadgersWire.com, where we both write Badgers Wire for USA Today Sports covering the Badgers, did a bunch of pieces on this recently, and we're going to break them all down right now. You can follow Locked On Badgers wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcast, you will find Locked On Badgers. And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Badgers at A-O-W underscore 33 and at Ben Z Kenny. Ben Kenny, happy Wednesday. Let's talk football. Happy Wednesday. Let's have a take. A lot of takes to be had today. Wisconsin football last year, a disappointment for sure, but many reasons as to why it happened. And that has to be said when you say they were a disappointment. COVID stoppages, no fans, games canceled here, games canceled there, injuries, players out because of COVID that we didn't even know they were out. At least we didn't, media didn't, until game day. And you're looking and just trying to see who's actually on the field and who's available. It was a mess for a lot of teams, not just Wisconsin. It was a mess for many teams around the country dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. But 2021 brings different things. It probably brings fans. I would almost say it definitely brings fans to Camp Randall. They've already announced that. I mean, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but I'm going to 100% say with certainty that there will be fans at Camp Randall. How many, what will it look like, we don't know. And I'm also going to say, not with 100% certainty, but I'm going to say it's a very, very likely scenario that Wisconsin does actually play out their schedule as it is written next year. There's always a chance that doesn't happen, but I think that's a likely thing, at least right now, based on the hope I'm looking at in a few months with this pandemic and with football during this pandemic in the fall. So there's a lot of reason for optimism around why Wisconsin might turn this thing around in 2021. And Ben, you have some takes on why you think that's exactly what is going to happen. First of all, the, a crazy note about last season, they finished four and three after winning two games in a row to, to finish their schedule. It was, their, it was the program's worst winning percentage since 2012 when the team went eight and six and actually ended up winning the Big Ten Championship. What, but was, the, the pro- what was the final record in 2018? Uh, uh, eight and five, I believe. Okay. Eight and five or, yeah, eight and five. Um, yeah, the program hasn't suffered a losing season since 2001, which is why that Wake Forest win was important. But yeah, it was, it, it was a tough year. They also had their entire preseason schedule, all the summer practice, all the spring practice canceled because of COVID. So that all kind of came together and they struggled. Going into next year, and there are, I had five reasons, but if you want to start anywhere with why this team is going to be a lot better and be back at the top or near the top of the Big Ten, they received a perfect draw of the schedule. Now, you talked about fans coming back to Camp Randall. That first game, September 4th against Penn State, it is going to be absolutely bumping. I'm excited for it. But aside from that, anytime you don't have Ohio State on a football schedule for Wisconsin, you received a good break. Then you go even further than that. They welcome in Penn State and Michigan as Big Ten East crossovers. Both of those games will be at home. They also play two of their other tough tests, Northwestern and Iowa, at home. And again, they will be playing in front of fans. It'll be an atmosphere that will be more rowdy than normal years, given what, what everyone went through in 2020. Then they do go on the road at Minnesota, but this is a team that doesn't have that tough crossover games with the Big Ten East 
especially with them coming at home. They miss Ohio State. They do play Notre Dame out of conference, but that's not a make or break this season kind of game. And then going down the stretch, getting Iowa at home is critical. Getting Northwestern at home is critical. And they finish their season at Minnesota, who I don't think will be that great. So it's lining up. It's one of those schedules where you look at it before the season and you're like, wow, they have a real chance because of who they play to be back at the top of the division, at least. I'm not sure I love the schedule as much as you love the schedule. Why? So I don't think week one, and I know it's at home, but week one against a team like Penn State that also, by the way, had their struggles last year that they weren't expected to have. They had bigger expectations than Wisconsin did, at least heading into the year, according to the national media and their ranking. And they really struggled vitally. I don't like that as a week one game. And I know it's at home, but a week one game has a lot of things that can go wrong that aren't quite tweaked yet. I remember a few years ago, Wisconsin played Utah State in my, I think, first game ever at Camp Randall. I think it was 2017. And well. the first quarter and a half of that game, I don't know if you remember that game very well. Yeah, I do. It was a disaster. Complete disaster. I think it was well, think of, nothing at the end of the first quarter. Well, he, he, he who shall not be named was playing quarterback. I'm aware. My point That'll is happen. Wisconsin needed some time in that game. They won that game 59 to 10. So I'm not going to come out and say that that was serious alarm bells. But at the end of the first quarter of that game, it was 10 nothing Utah State. Yep. against a very inferior Utah State team. It was 10-10 at halftime. My point is, you can't afford that kind of sloppy start against a Penn State. If Eastern Michigan, which is week two, was week one, yeah, you can afford to go down 7 nothing early, have a turnover that you shouldn't really have, make some week one mistakes. You can't go down in that game against Penn State. And I know it's at home, and that's huge. That is huge. I know it's at home, but a game in week one against a team that good worries me. I'm going to get into some other things before, you, before I let you rebuttal here. The Notre Dame game, that's a, that's a, that's a freaking tough game, as, as you know. That's, that's about as tough as a non-conference game as you can possibly schedule beyond like the Alabama home and home coming up. That, that's about as tough of a non-conference game as you can schedule. And it's going to be packed with Notre Dame fans, as Wisconsin fans as well. It's going to be a very 50-50 split, and it's going to feel very neutral site. Uh, it's in Chicago. If it was at Lambeau, maybe a different story there. But in Chicago, I think that feels very neutral site, 50-50 split. That's a dangerous game, and it's just a, a very losable week for contest. And then you get Michigan at home, which I think is, is nice for sure. I don't love the fact that Army is coming to Camp Randall. I don't, I don't love that non-conference game either. It's a win, but I don't think it's an easy win at all. I think their style is going to be an interesting uh, battle with Wisconsin in terms of both teams playing not a similar style, but similar DNA to those two football teams, right? They want to ground and pound you. Wisconsin doesn't play like Army. Almost nobody plays like Army with the way they run the football uh, the option stuff they do, all the weird stuff they do year in, year out. But I don't love where the game falls. It's a bit of a trap game vibe. And I also don't love that that's one of your three non-conference games that's at home. Or you only have two non-conference games at home, really, because that Notre Dame game. Those three non-conference games, there's one win that is automatic on this entire schedule, really. And usually there's two or three, and there's only one. I'll... 
I'll say this non-conference games don't make or break the schedule because this, I mean, if was, and I don't want to talk about the playoff. I mean, a lost game does. If, if you lose another big 10 game, which I think it's likely, well, would, it's more likely than not that Wisconsin loses one big 10 game. I mean, that's, that's the most likely scenario is they, they win out in the Big Ten besides losing one game, whether it be to Michigan, whether it be to Penn State in week one, whether it be at Purdue in some weird trap, whether it be uh, a Northwestern ugly game, whatever that ha- that turns out to be at, at Minnesota. I think they're going to lose one game in that Big Ten slate. And if they lose that second one at against Notre Dame, that's all of a sudden an issue if that Big Ten team you lost to is undefeated or has one loss. Well, this is true. You're talking about the playoff. I'm talking about. Making the playoff, the, just making the Big Ten tournament, or Big Ten tournament, Big Ten championship game. For I mean, with Notre Dame, first of all, they are not going to be nearly as good as they were last year. Even though Jack Cohn is at quarterback, it only took me seven minutes to mention that. Even though Jack Cohn's at quarterback, they are depleted at wide receiver. This is a team that is rebuilding after last year because they lost so many of their best players after making the playoff. But to me, even if they lose that game, that does not affect their chances at making the Big Ten championship. To me, they need to win one of the two against Michigan and Penn State. They could win both. But after that, there's really one game that really scares me. And it's at Purdue. Because Purdue finds some weird way every single year to upset somebody for no reason. Someone in the Big Ten West goes to West Lafayette and they lose. That's the game that scares me. Because aside from that, everything's, everything's lined up well for Paul Chris' team. Army is not going to be as good as Army teams we've seen recently. And it's, it's really the Michigan and Penn State stretch that'll define where they are. But then when you go down the stretch of the, of the season, you're still playing all the teams that you'll be fighting with. Like that Iowa game last weekend of October probably decides the Big Ten West. So it's really down that stretch. And that stretch happens to be mostly at home. We can't overlook would- the Western game at all. I mean that Northwestern team just finds a way. They, they really do. They do find a way. And I was, I, I didn't like them going into last year. They obviously proved me wrong. I don't like them at all going into this year because they lost pretty much. I don't either. Year. I don't either. But they somehow, sometimes, as you said, I don't think I liked them going into last year either. And they somehow find a way. More on this schedule in just a second, then more on the X factors for Wisconsin in 2021. Wisconsin football, ton of X factors that Ben wrote about that we both agree on. Over at BadgersWire.com, you can check out that full list. We'll get into a few of them here on Locked On Badgers. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the game. Ben, I did my little indoor cycling ride just 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 this morning, <laughs> and I finished it off with, of course, none other than a Built Bar to reload that protein in my body. That perfect post workout snack. Load up on that protein quick. Very very low in sugar, low calorie and a bar smacked with 18 grams, 20 grams, depending on the bar, of pure protein. Built Bar comes in tremendous flavors. Get a variety box because, man, you can't choose one. Whatever the coconut chocolate combination flavor is, that's the one I just had. There are phenomenal Built Bar flavors up and down the Built Bar roster. BuiltBar.com, use the code Locked On, or sorry, use the code LOCKED15, LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. LOCKED15, 15% 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com, locked 15. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, Wisconsin football in 2021, we are arguing about the schedule. I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit, I'll confess, because I don't think it's the world's hardest schedule. I'll say that. But I'm playing a little devil's advocate as we get this thing going on a Wednesday. The Michigan game, Ben, scares me more than Michigan games have scared me for two out of the past three years by far. Like, the two dominant wins... I wasn't scared for either of those games. Um, are you including the one at, at Ann Arbor that, no, that they that, lost? No, that was what I was saying. Two out of three. That's what I was saying. Right. That one, I think, scared everybody. That, that team wasn't that great. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple. So, that, that wasn't a great Wisconsin team. But last year, I felt very confident going into the Michigan game. You didn't, I remember. But I, I felt very confident going into that game. A couple of years ago, I felt very confident going into that game. I don't feel quite as confident on October 2nd because I think, and the same thing with Penn State and with Wisconsin, these are three teams that are expected to be near the top of the Big Ten, right? Year in, year out. There are three teams that also massively underachieved last year. And there are three teams that think they will massively overachieve compared to last year, this year. And all three probably won't. But I think it's a good bet that two of the three will. Maybe even all three, but I think two of the three will. Will be Michigan, will be Penn State. I think it'll be Michigan. Their talent level, just the four and five star talent level of that team is at a different level right now compared to anybody in the Big Ten not into Ohio State. They are that second place in terms of just pure recruiting rankings right now. And I think that talent starts to show itself next year. The quarterback position has always been the question for them, at least the last few years. And it hasn't really been solved. Where's um, where's Joe Milton going again? He's starting somewhere. I forget. He did transfer. I'll look it up. But I'll let you respond to that as I look up where Joe Milton is right now. My only response to the to the Michigan game is: Do you know the last time the Wolverines came to Camp Randall and won? I don't, but I know Joe Milton is now going to the University of Tennessee. So I snuck that in there. All right, <laughs> no, two thousand one. Michigan has not won at Wisconsin since 2001. Yeah, but I hate those stats. I don't like those stats at all. That, that's, what? that's in fact, that's in fact my least favorite example of a stat right there. You just did. Well, when you, Congrats. when you play, when you play so often, I think those stats count when you're pretty much playing every other year, swapping locations. Now, I don't obviously I really don't. No, count well, a lot was different then. And, and Michigan had a really rough stretch through through the early, mid-2000s. When every but single been, player on the field next year was an infant when that game was played, I, I just I just don't love those stats. I get the overall thing of like, yeah, Wisconsin's great at home traditionally, but I don't think it applies to a single opponent as much as it applies to just generally, yeah, Wisconsin's a great football team at Camp Randall. They're a great basketball team at the Kohl Center. Well, Michigan's also a great football team at home, and Wisconsin seldom wins there. So Most I think are. when you Most are. right. So when I when you look at the history of the series and in the last 20 years, the home team has a really clear advantage. I think that plays in. But also I won't I, I think Michigan is better this year, but I won't 
really put them back until the quarterback is figured out, which it could in, in J.J. McCarthy coming in if he starts. But the Penn State, I, Penn State is a really good team. I just think the home field with fans is going to have more of an impact than, than people realize. You're looking at a trap game. You said at Purdue, I think the Army game could be weirdly close. Well, close because they're only going to be. I'm not going to well, say gonna that. Be, it's going to be weirdly close because every possession will take up an entire quarter. Correct. Do you remember a certain Army-Michigan game last year? I do. So I just feel like game's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird one to watch. It'll be a weird one to cover. And I just have a weird feeling about it on October 16th that that could be too close for comfort. Are they going to lose it? No. But could it feel like a loss after, if you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it could. It could feel like uh, a bit of a letdown performance. And then, yeah, at Purdue is, is always a strange game. They find ways to beat really good teams, usually once a year. Will Rutgers continue their trend up on the road at Rutgers? You have to, you have to factor in with all this when you're looking at the schedule and you say, hey, they might lose to a Penn State or they might lose to a Michigan or they might get upset at a Purdue. The fact that they avoided playing Ohio State gives them already a leg up on everybody else because like Ohio State on another team schedule is pretty much an auto loss with, with how things have gone. So Wisconsin can afford one of those losses. It's really through that stretch with if the Purdue. they win that Notre Dame game, though. Well, the Notre Dame game isn't part of the Big Ten schedule. I know, but when you're tied in the Big Ten conference and you didn't play, or sorry, you did, you did play, you just lost to, uh, sorry, wait, I'm, getting, I'm getting confused here. My math in my head is getting confused. If you have two losses, okay, overall, and one in the Big Ten, and there's another team that has one loss in the Big Ten, I guess it's then. You're the talking about the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm getting mixed up in my head. You're absolutely right. Sorry. Wisconsin's Wisconsin's only path to the playoff will always be beating an Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. So their path to that. Oh, you're right. Their their path to the playoff gets destroyed with two losses. You're right. And their path to the Big Ten Championship doesn't get as much of an effect as I was saying earlier. So I, well, I mean, I'm, I I think it's going to be one of the best games on their schedule, but it's not like a make or break to have to win that game. The must-wins are the Iowas and the Northwesterns and the Minnesotas late in the season. Yes. At Minnesota would be that'd be that'd be interesting. That that'd be an interesting loss. I will say with pure confidence that Brett Bielema at Memorial Stadium on October 9th will suffer <sighs> a three-score or above loss to the University of Wisconsin. I will say that. That team is going to be very bad. They're going to be very bad and uh the, uh, the upset loss there, I think, still kind of reigns in the heads of, of I agree. the veteran players here. I agree. But do you know it why? Personal, it was personal week one last year. It really was. It was. I, I want to actually, Nikia Watson, before the season, in a press conference, wait, he was asked wait, about. Wait, tell me the quote after this in just a sec. BetOnline.ag is our trusted sportsbook expert. At Locked On. BetOnline.ag has everything you could need in terms of futures, live lines, the best odds in the market. At BetOnline.ag, sports, politics, media. I mean, they got weird stuff on there you can bet on. Really weird stuff. But they also have some classics that I would recommend betting on. Clippers plus 550 to win the NBA championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perhaps. Perhaps. Anybody? Anybody? The Dodgers are, for some reason, still plus 300 to win the MLB uh, World Series on betonline.ag. Don't understand that one. 
very much. Wisconsin's over-under win total is at nine and a half. Ben, your thoughts? Over, 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 over. Ben says over. That means two losses. Anything besides that is an L if it's more than two losses. But, hey, 10 and 2. Maybe a game gets canceled, though. You never know. Hope not. We'll see. Nine and a half. Good number. Good number. I think a very fair number for Wisconsin's season. And I also actually probably agree with the over. If you want to bet on Wisconsin's over, head to betonline.ag right now. Use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus added to your initial deposit. Betonline.ag locked on for 50% added to your initial deposit. Ben, what was that Nakia Watson quote about how personal it was playing against Illinois? So I was, I was at a press conference. I believe this was game week of Illinois last year, last October. And someone asked Nakia Watson, running back on last year's team who transferred out, said, hey, how does it feel starting your season, just going right into Big Ten play, playing a team that pretty much kind of ruined their season last year, or they were, they were running along and then fell in that game. And Nakia Watson said, oh, yeah, like, like we love it. We're excited to get back. They deserve a real butt whooping after last year. Beautiful. Which and they received. Well, Nakia Watson is no longer a Badger. We wish him all the best in the top 12. I do agree there are a lot of Badgers that still take that game personally. Let's talk about the individual players now for a sec here to close out this Wednesday. Let's talk about some Wisconsin X factors heading in to this year, Ben. And we're not talking about Jalen Berger and Graham Mertz. We're going a little bit deeper than that here with some guys you might not be thinking of immediately as X-Factors for this team. Ben, you wrote about 10 Wisconsin football players that could be X-Factors over at BadgersWire.com. Why don't you give us a few of those, some reasoning, and we'll talk about it. Well, I'm going to go a lot deeper, frankly, because there's so many names on both sides of the ball that you've heard talked about a lot. You know who they are. You have the inside linebackers, Sanborn and Chanel. You have the Nick Herbig, Noah Burks, Fayon Hicks, Caesar Williams. I want to go on offense and not even talk about the prior and Davis who returned or, or Jake Ferguson, Devin Chandler, Asher, as a freshman last year, nobody expected him to contribute. He's and it, was obviously late. Forced. it was late when he did contribute, but he did contribute. Well, he was forced into the role because top two receivers go down and then you have Jack Dunn and Chimera DK pretty much as one and two and Chandler kind of played his way into number three. But the other thing he did, which is why I see him as such an important part of this team next season is he was an absolute stud returning kickoffs. Wisconsin is not necessarily known for their great kick returners. There's obviously the, the David Gilreath against Ohio State in 2010. But in the Wake Forest game, Devin Chandler almost housed one. He was a beast whenever he touched the ball returning kicks. He's going to do it again next year. And then on offense, he'll be like wide receiver five behind Pryor, Davis, DK, and Dunn. But this is a guy that, that showed an ability. He took an end around for 18 to 20 yards. He had a couple 20-yard receptions. He is a deep threat that Paul Christ will utilize on offense. But him on special teams alone makes him an X-factor because he could pretty much change a drive in an instant. I like that call with Devin Chandler. He was awesome last year when he came onto the scene. If we're talking defense, I know you had Keanu Benton at the top of your list on the Badgers wire list of 10 players. I also like that Fayon Hicks was there, who is a guy that I think has to be really, really solid in the secondary for Wisconsin. But I do want to talk a little bit about Nick Herbig because he's the one that gets the hype train going. He's the one that gets the fan base going because 
man, he is he the hype train. He flashed some some star potential, as you said in the article. He flashed it last year, and we all heard about it in the off season last year. Coming into that year, as a true freshman, he showed us that he's going to be an NFL player one day if all pans out, Ooh. and that he will be uh, an essential piece next year for Wisconsin's defense. What's crazy about him is that we almost never see an outside linebacker start as a true freshman and be good as a true freshman. And the sack left the sack numbers left some to be desired, but he was in the backfield constantly. And he showed that he could tackle. He has the motor, the burst, and he has some pass rushing moves that you don't expect to see from a dude that young. And this is a Wisconsin program that develops at that position really, really well. Like you see guys, really contribute as upper class as upperclassmen. This is a guy that did it as a freshman. So I agree. There's there's actually one guy on the defense that I didn't think I would be that excited to to watch this coming year. But after the last game of 2020 and kind of his whole 2020 season, Scott Nelson was a beast. And people really didn't talk about him because he's playing next to Eric Burrell. But he is he is athletic. He is fast. He's going to move into that kind of head safety role that, that was manned by Burrell. And it's an important role on the defense, but he's athletic as hell. He's been playing pretty much forever. He had that season ending injury a couple of years ago, but he has all the experience in the world. And there's one play and you could find it in my article where Wake Forest is at the six yard line. They run a little wild wildcat, um, pretty much like power run to the right side. And Scott Nelson comes all the way over from the other side of the field and just blows up the play single-handedly. So that's what he could bring. And, and on a talented defense with talent up front at linebacker, his, his impact on the back end is massive. The one thing about Scott Nelson, I would say, and this relates to your clip as well, his great plays are great. Like they great. are at an elite level. They are plays that not many people make. Is his consistency fully there? No. But is his ceiling really, really high because of some of the plays he makes that you can just see how much better he is uh, at his best than other guys. Absolutely. So as always on Wisconsin, great Wednesday with you, Ben, talking Wisconsin football in 2021. We'll be back at it on Thursday, little recruiting talk and some other things mixed in as well. As always on Wisconsin, I would tell you to do the Big Ten championship thing again, but that sort of was the whole episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say this. There's 137 days until I sit on my couch and watch Jack Cohn play against Wisconsin and loose, but, but play. And I'm excited for that. Cone landscaping.